Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. This is episode 89. Oh, it's April 89. 24th, 2021, and we're going to talk about how knowing and doing are not the same thing. Um, you know, we've, we get to talk to a lot of people, and <clears throat> we even hire a few of them, and we have learned that you know, people don't really completely understand what it takes to put into practice uh, the things that it takes to be successful in business, especially in the trucking business, because the trucking business is, uh, you know, it, it <clears throat> it's easy to do things the way you want to do it as a trucker, not as a businessman. So. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, Larry, you want to you want to go ahead and get started? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, way back when we first started doing this, uh, people sometimes I remember we were interviewed by some other podcaster, and he made the comment like, "Well, you guys are just giving all the secrets sauce away." I mean, don't you? Yeah, don't you? Um, you know, don't you want to, you know, like monetize this or don't you want to have something to hold you know, that they have to. And like, not really. I mean, it's nothing here that we, we we didn't create any of it. We just gathered it, and presented it, you know. And and, you know, thinking about that, I mean, it is true. I mean, we we tell everything that we know about how to be successful in as an owner operator. We direct it toward Landstar because that's where we work and that's where we do do business and so uh but it's it's not that it's not that specific works in any business actually particularly in the trucking business and so you would think that you know if you have the knowledge and you you know uh assimilate all the information that you can that you know you would be able to duplicate or replicate or you know, do, do the things that we do, but we don't find that to be the case. You know, um, I mean, just look around in, in general, I mean, look how many college educated people there are out there that they have the knowledge, but they don't do anything with it, you know? And so, you know, one of the things that we're realizing is that we can bring people in and tell them exactly why to do it. We can even diagnose their situation, analyze it, and, and give them corrective um, suggestions, you know. And you look up and days or weeks or months later, nothing's changed. So it, it just dawned on me, you know, having g given a couple now of, of what we call live events and having people there and being able to kind of, you know, watch certain people. Um, it just dawned on me that, you know, we, we, we gave them, we gave them the secret sauce, you know, I mean, we didn't hold anything back, you know? Yeah. And, and even now, I mean, we're coaching some of them and, you know, but that, that resistance or that hesitancy to change what you do, what you were doing before is keeping you from being able to you know, make the changes that you need to do to, to correct your situation. Um, 
And so it just dawned on me that, look, and we've heard this, I've heard this saying a long time, you know, doing and knowing, knowing and doing are two completely different things. And, and it's true. I mean, we're, we're starting to realize it more and more that, you know, we can, we can tell you how to do things, but if you're, if you, if you're going to continue doing what you were doing before, and you think that just because you came to listen to us, that all of a sudden we're going to sprinkle fairy dust on you. And what you did before is now going to present a different, you know, uh, real, uh, result. Return, result. Thank you. Then, you know, you're, you're in fairy tale world, you know, I mean, you have to take, you know, you, what, what I learned early on is that, you know, I have to do what people that I, you know, hold their opinions valuable, what they do, you know, uh, otherwise I know what they do, but that doesn't mean I'm doing what they do. And it's just sort of frustrating as a, as a teacher or an educator or, um, whatever you want to call us. Uh, some people call us, um, uh, un, what's the word unaccredited, you know? Um, but if you, you know, if, if you're, if you're going to come here and, and, and learn what we do and you want to know what we do and you want to have the results that we have and can, and can share and have, and, and, and allow you to have what makes you think that you can just keep doing what you did before and it's going to change. So that was kind of the thing that was on my mind when we were talking about what we would have tonight. And, um, cause I think it's something that we're dealing with, you know, right now in different ways and means. And, and it's it just, I'm becoming more and more aware of it. And you start thinking about it and you go, well, that's not just unique here. I mean, you, you can listen, you can go to the library and get a book on anything, but if you just read it and you don't apply it, I'm sure Dave Ramsey has the same problem. You know, I mean, you know, here's a guy that gets all these phone calls and about how to straighten their, your situation out. And then, you know, he gives them the answers and everything. And he's got a book that explains everything and, and people still are in debt. You know, they don't, and, and it's just, I mean, you can look at anything, you know, people, people, they diet, but then they go back to what they did before and then they lose, they gain the weight back, you know, but it's just, it's just a simple thing. You know, if, if, if you're looking for the answers and you get the answers, but then you don't make the changes, you know, to apply that to your situation, you know, that's, that's, that you, you can, come to all the seminars you want to, but until you decide to change, then it's not going to, you're not going to change. You're going to get the same result that you had before. And it's frustrating because we can, we, we know that we can make a difference, but you have to be willing to take that first step. And that's why we, you know, we could, we could wrap this up and present it as a program. But I think the value that we provide, Chris and I here is that, you know, we, we're, uh, we're available to stay, you know, to, to, to be there every day to help you motive, help motivate you to do the, the change, you know, as opposed to, which is give you the program, the education and you take and do it on yourself. So that's, you know, I, I guess that's a, a shameless commercial there, but it is, um, it, it, it is the difference, you know, between, We've had people say, well, why don't you just record that and just let us see the recording? But it's not the same. You know, it's not if you make a commitment no, to go not. there and sit there 
and the interaction with you. That's what makes you make the change. Watching a video is not going to make you make the change. I'll tell you why. Because we have thousands of people that watch the video. We have tens of people that actually apply. So it's right. not, it's not, you know, it's not going to be the same as if you make the commitment, you come, you participate, you know, you make a, uh, some type of a sacrifice to be there. Then that's the kind of thing that, w- that will get you motivated to at least uh, try to do things differently in, in order to get a different result. Now, if you're happy with the things are, and you, you don't need to be here anyway. So, but our, program is designed to help the first time truck buyer, the first time owner operator be successful and not become a statistic that the majority of them do. And, um, and yet we do it, but then there's how many people sign a lease purchase every day? You know, how many people make the wrong decisions every day by the wrong tires, by the wrong fuel, you know, and the information's out there. It's just, it also, it also makes kind of puzzles me when we do talk to people like we've been talking to a couple of people this week about coming on with us and, and the information that we give them, they've never heard anywhere before. You know, they've been in the business for a number of years and, and we're telling them things that they've never, ever heard before, but yet they're truck drivers, you know? Um, so I know, I know you want to <laughs> express that concern with the, the, the candidate that we're getting now from, you know, training companies and big fleets, but yeah, um, there, the knowing is not necessary. You know, the knowing is not encouraged, you know, but. Well, when I think back to my experience at ATS, when I leased a truck, um, I remember I started in January of 2011 and by about Easter, we had a, we had a fundamental understanding that it that at least operating a truck was better than being a company driver. We had we had some numerical data that showed that, but we had a, a little powwow in the kitchen around Easter because I was trying to balance. I had a two year old and a, and a five year old. And when I was talking to people that were with Anderson and talking to Anderson recruiters, they're like, well, you know, you're going to have to stay out if you want to if you want to make money. And um, I said, uh, you know, my wife and I talked and, and she's like, look, we're seeing you can make money and then you come home and, and you're digging yourself back out. And so we made the decision for me to stay out six to eight weeks, come home for four or five days, go do it again. And it worked. But it's hard. It's really hard to stay out six to eight weeks with a two-year-old and a five-year-old at home because they don't understand. You know, we tried to make it a game. We had a, we had a calendar of the United States on the, on the wall and, and, you know, as part of our homeschool thing, you know, where's daddy at? And, you know, and talking about the stuff, the two-year-old didn't get that. He just knew daddy wasn't home, you know, and it was hard on me. And I tell people now that come into this program, I'm not telling you you have to stay out six to eight weeks because you don't have to. That's not required. Um, I'm home every weekend and I've been every home every weekend the entire time I've been at Landstar and the entire time I've been at Blue Ribbon. We have people that are home every weekend. It's not about the time. It's about the commitment. It's about what are you going to do that's difficult, that's not comfortable, that's not easy, 
that is going to get you through this program and get you the information that you need to know so you're not one of the nine and a half out of ten that fail. And that seems like the biggest challenge. And then, you know, I don't know if it's a concurrent challenge or, or secondary challenge, but I have noticed that when people come here from big companies, big corporate co corporations, the corporate mind control, the brainwashing that I really didn't experience. I, I got out of big, big companies in, you know, about 2008 and they had their corporate culture and they had their corporate vocabulary, but it wasn't anything like it is now. I mean, these people come to us shell shocked, like they got down PTSD and, and it's just fascinating to me that, they are so terrified that they're one decision away from losing their job. And then they come here where, I mean, Landstar's obviously got some pretty strict requirements on certain things, sitting duck, done, finished. You, you violate sitting duck, you're sitting duck, you're done. It's over. You rear in somebody, it's done. You know, refuse a drug test, done. No questions, no saving you. But a bunch of this corporate mind control nonsense doesn't exist here. And it's almost hard to convince people that it that it doesn't that um, in getting getting them to even ask questions is hard because it seems like the culture they come from is sit down, shut up, do what the box tells you to and don't ask questions. It's none of your business. You don't need to know. You need to do what the box tells you to. And when the box tells you to turn left, you turn left. You don't need a map. You don't need any skills. You don't need any critical thing. You just need to shut the hell up and do what you're told. And then we have to overcome that somehow and and untrain uh, that. And it's it's something that I never expected going into something like this. I never I never dreamed that that would be part of of, of training, you know, because it I've been in the business so long. And since I was a part of the good old days, back when most of that stuff didn't exist, and you know we ran three log books and you know all that outlaw trucker garbage, it, it's just well. It what you're saying is, I mean, if you think about it, that's part of what the problem is with the high number of people who try this for the first time that fail is because they think that they're just changing jobs you know i've said this but you've heard me explain it this way before M most people think well all i got to do is go buy a truck and then i'll do the same thing i do today i'll just do it for me i'll be able to decide what to do and you know that that's the biggest misconception they think buying the truck is the is the the transition when we know that it's not you know it, no, it, it, it's, it's nothing to do with it you know because now they well that well, now they find out that buying a truck is the easy part and and because when you make that decision to buy a truck you've already tacitly made a decision to be in business that's where the problem starts because you know I want to do what I want to do uh, I, you know unfortunately your business requires you to do what your business needs you to do you know it's really got nothing to do with what you want to do and it, and people won't accept that they don't they don't think that that matters you know i'm just going to do what i want to do i'm going to run where i want to run and all that sounds good 
But especially if you do it the conventional way where you go into debt to do that, you know, the, at that point in time, you're, you're no longer the slave to the uh, dispatcher. You're now the slave to the bank that holds your note. Okay. Yeah. And they're because, a lot more vicious. You know, that, that note is not going to stop just because you don't feel like going to New York this week, you know? So it's, um, it, you know, it, it's the lack of understanding of the commitment that you have to make, you know? Because it seems like it would be so good to be able to just choose your your destiny, you know, ma- do everything only when you want to do it, and then get this result that you think magically is going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, it, it's like, well, well, why? I mean, I've and then here and 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 then that leads to the next problem, and that is the entitlement. Well, I've bought a truck. I should yeah, be able to get, me. I should, yeah, pay me. I mean, pay me, you know, I mean, I, it, I, I don't have to earn your business. I've bought a truck. I'm a owner operator. I need $4 a mile. I'm not moving my truck. Okay. Well, that's fine, but no one's going to guarantee you that. And when, when, when you're in competition, because all you are is a commodity, I got bad news for you. Yeah. The, your customer is going to choose the path of least resistance, which will not be you because your resistance is obvious in your attitude. So it's, and then it's just a spiral to the bottom. And oh, by the way, let me get the government to guarantee me that I'm not going to fail. So I'm going to go sit in front of Washington, D.C. and make an ass of myself and blow black smoke up in the air and go, I deserve, you know, this, this, and this. Well, I got to tell you what you deserve. You deserve exactly what you get, nothing more. You know, this well, is I remember a, bit- a few years ago, Kevin Rutherford got a bunch of people's panties in a wad because he said something to the effect of, truck driving is is not or is no longer a skilled like a skilled trade um something to that effect well it's not it, it, the, the the u.s department of labor does not consider truck drivers as skilled labor yeah um and, but he and, was saying it more in the anybody can do it you know and, and he said he said you can make teach a monkey to do it. that's what he said okay <laughs> that's what he said right uh, and, he, really, and he, of course, you know, he does things for effect, you know. I mean, yeah. And uh, But all these people got, they got their panties in a wad because he said that, because they took it as an insult. Right. And, you know, it, it's another another thing that we encounter that, again, I, I just didn't see coming, is people that don't know how to drive a truck. They have a CDL. They have experience. They have they have been in trucking, but they don't know how to drive a truck because they're machine operators, not truck drivers. They they have this machine with an automatic transmission and automatic brakes and a radar system and smart crews. And you put them in one of our trucks and they're going, well, I mean, what do I do with this? It, it, it doesn't do anything for me. And. You know, we make the I mean, we were half joking. If not, that we don't hire truck drivers, we don't hire truck driver attitude. But you do, but you do have to possess the skills to operate the machine. And these these companies, these corporations, are going all automatic. And of course, we in the trucking industry, we've turned over. They have the front door. Uh, everybody that comes in this industry has to come through them, and they're creating robots that can only work in their little factory and then they come to us and, and they see an opportunity they want to come over here and then they don't know how to drive the damn truck they can't shift they you know and a, a you know a 10 15 year old truck is 
is almost impossible for them for them to drive. And I just I never saw never saw that coming. You know? Well, we we didn't. I mean, we we assumed because Landstar is so strict about who they hire. Of course, that's based more on safety and, and, and that sort of thing. But we made the assumption, and I did for years, that if you can qualify for Landstar, I don't have to really vet you for your ability to drive a truck. We, we just assumed that that is a skill set that, that came with you. I just needed to hire you based on your attitude and your willingness to be coachable. Yeah. And that worked for a while, but we've hit this wall now in the last, I don't know, two years, you know, maybe yeah. three years where that assumption is no longer valid because we're getting people that have been in the industry now just a couple of three years. And listen, I've only been in the industry 12 years, but the way I learn versus the way they learn today, I mean, I, I know I found, I know I'm an old fogey, but I mean, in 12 <laughs> years, it's changed so drastically that yeah. it's not even the same. You can't call what we teach today to be truck. I, I see now where this steering wheel holder comes from. I always thought that was just a stupid thing, but I yeah. kind of see that because, you know, being able to, to uh, make the truck perform for you. And in our case, to make it perform at a lower cost, which is the whole purpose of this to begin with. Somebody ask a question, is the secret to this old trucks? Well, no, the secret of this is minimizing risk. Yep. You know, going into business for the first time is risky. And most people fail in any industry. It, they really, really fail in this one. But you look at, you look at the statistics and 65% of businesses fail in the first 10 years, all businesses. Drive, truck drivers is way, way, way higher than that. Way, way, way higher than 90%. Okay. And, and even at Landstar, 38% fail in the first 12 months, you know? So it, it's, it's not like you're going to maybe not make it. You're probably not going to make it, you know, as the first time truck driver, as a first time owner operator, first time truck owner, I meant to say, and owner operator, you're probably not going to make it. And it's because you assume too much risk. So the reason we drive old trucks is two things. Number one, you can pay cash for them because they don't cost $150,000. Yep. Number two, they're not expensive to work on. Okay. You, we, listen, we've got a perfect example right now. You know, we, we have a flex pipe uh, crack on a truck. It's $30. We got this fancy ass Kenworth that we're driving. <laughs> we're, we're running for another BCO and it's $645. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and, and on and on and on and on. So the, it's not the old, that's not the secret. The secret is everything at, to lower the risk. And it's, it, it's just simple math. If you can spend 15, 20 grand and buy a truck that hauls freight, because remember, I've never had an agent or a broker or a customer come out and, and negotiate the rate down because I showed up in an 07 model truck. Never, right. ever, ever happened. Never heard of it happening. So that, that doesn't matter to the customer as long as you deliver the freight. They don't care what you drive, okay? So if I can deliver freight in a $15,000 truck and you're delivering freight in a $150,000 truck, which one of us took on less risk, especially if you finance that, which I'm sure you will. Now, if you're a first-time truck owner and a first-time business owner and you can write a check for, 200, for 150 grand, more power to you. Still, I still don't recommend you doing it because I still, still think it's risky. Uh, you know, wealthy people go broke all the time. Just find a lottery winner and sit around watching mm -hmm. for a while. So it's, 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 it's trying to not do things that are going to put you out of business. And 
everybody that bought a new truck in March of last year, I'm sure are out of business because the next three months they didn't make a truck payment. They didn't even haul freight because they couldn't do it. So, and that's a, that's, that's one example. I've been in this 12 years. I've had three down in 2009, 25% trucking company. MC numbers went out of business in 2009. Fuel was almost $5 a gallon. 2014, we had the same, well, fuel wasn't fuel, but it was just the economy and rates. Again, a high, high number of MC numbers went out of business, you know, and now last year with the pandemic, you know, a lot of people didn't come through the pandemic and couple that with, if you want to get your own authority, like somebody asked about the insurance rates put a lot of them out of business because they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't pay the insurance. You know, first time uh, with, with your authority, first year, nobody's going to work with you. Nobody's going to get in everything you do. You're a risk. So the insur- insurance companies aren't going to insure you without a lot of money. All that's just risky. <laughs> Why do it? You know, you yeah. can come, you, you can do what we do. Okay. Look, I've been doing this a long time. I, I can buy any truck I want and write a check for it, but that's not the point. The point is we're trying to teach people how to do this for the first time and, and live through it to tell about it, you know, to live long enough to buy the second truck and get what they want because they've already made the money to do it. But if you're doing it for the first time, you know, you need to understand something that decision to buy a truck, that that's the easy part, you know, and, uh, and doing it with a lease purchase is a disaster waiting to happen. A financing is a disaster waiting to happen, you know, write a check. Then there's, then there's no pressure. Okay. Right. There is zero pressure on you if your truck is paid for. All right. And then everything else that we teach about keeping your costs down, your operating costs down, because it does matter where you buy fuel. It does matter what tires you choose. It does matter your maintenance and, and everything else that we talk about. You know, all that's designed. It's not designed to make you into some um, uh, Roman, what you know, soldier, you know, that, that lives on beans and, and water. It's designed to to let you breathe. What's not a good statement to say right now, is it? While you're yeah, living, really. while you're living through this problem, this problem that you created by saying, "I'm hey, I'm going to be a business person now. I've never been in business." I don't really know what big, you know, I hated everything about what my other company did to me. And then you become an owner operator and you go, Oh, now I see why they didn't want us to idle the truck. Oh, I see why they, you know, wanted us to drive 62 miles. An hour. Oh, I see why they want me to take an extra load. Oh, 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 all the things you hated. Now you understand because now you're shaving the boss. And when you, when you blow that tire out for being stupid, you're the one writing the check, not the company. So it just changes things. And, and people, they're thinking they're just going to get in the truck that's got their name on it. They're going to do the same thing tomorrow they did today. And they're drastically wrong, drastically wrong. So The other thing about the old truck thing that most people really have a hard time comprehending is that if you take a 2020 truck and a 2000 truck separated by 20 years, right? And you put those trucks in service, haul and freight. They both have to be maintained constantly, weekly. You know, there's something needs to be done almost every week. All right. You, you, you can get a truck to run, you know, a few months without a major breakdown. But something has to be done weekly if you're operating a truck. Doesn't matter what year it is. The difference is a lot of people that get into this, don't know the difference between a hubcap and a radiator cap. 
they have no mechanical ability, no understanding of the systems. And what is so hard to, to communicate is that a, the, the 2000 model is fixable. It's if you have somebody with a, with the desire and the brain like Carl who has a voltmeter and a flashlight and a little bit of time, he will fix it. These new trucks, it's a completely different animal. The, 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 the components are in, in certain cases, double and triple in price, you know, a head for a series 60 is 2,500, a head for a DD 15 is 10 grand. The, the maintenance, or means, excuse me, the labor to do a head job on a series 60 is $1,200. The, the labor to do a head job on a DD 15 is 6,000, $7,000. So you go from a $3,700 repair to a $17,000 repair to do the exact same job. And so, and somebody else asked, uh, what was it? How do you get drivers who want to drive those? Well, I get drivers that want to get, that want to get rich. That's, that's what I, that's what we get. We get drivers that want to become wealthy. Let, and, me, let me, let me address that. Okay. Go ahead. We don't want drivers who want to drive that. Okay. That, that's not why they come here. We'll tell them right up front. If you're coming here to replace your job with another job, or you're going to compare this truck with your other truck, please don't come. We, I don't need you. Right. We really don't want you. Okay. You're not coming here to drive the truck or to have the job you had before. You know, you're coming here to learn how to stay in business. And how can we teach you to stay in business if we put you in the same truck that you'd make a mistake with before you came here? So it's, it's, it's not being a hypocrite. It's, it's learning as you, we call it wax on, wax off. You come here and you drive our truck that we paid $15,000 for and put another 15 in it to make it, you know, a safe, reliable truck, you know, and we can show you how to, how you can come here and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I still make 50 grand on you, then you can leave here in a year and a half and go get that same truck and go to Landstar and you'll make the $150,000 a year. So it's not, we're not trying to, we don't have to convince them to come. That's the difference between people who hire truck drivers and people who are hiring entrepreneurs, people that want to learn how to be in business for themselves. They want to shave the boss. They want to have control. They don't want to have somebody tell them, Every day, well, they go here, go there, and go there. And oh, by the way, you know, uh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you don't do this, you don't do that. That that's not what we are. That's not who we want. We don't even want people that really. If, if that's what they're looking for, and some listen, we we have hired those people, not knowing because people can sometimes present themselves differently than they actually are. And, and then they, they find out that, wait a minute, whoa, you mean, because every time they answer, ask a question, we ask, we answer with a question and they're going, well, just tell me what to do. No, we're not. Mm -hmm. Here's, here's what you, here's how you find the answer to that question, you know, and they're not used to that because all they're used to is people force feeding crap down their face 
And then you just go do it. And if you don't like doing it, go somewhere else, you know? Critical thinking. You know, the, the number one thing that we do here is take people who before didn't have to think about anything because they were told what to do and present them with the situation where they have to understand that, look, everything that happens is a problem. It's an opportunity for you to shine. It's an opportunity for you to create a solution, you know, that will serve your customer, serve you, reward you greatly, and you'll learn from it, you know. Um, so, I mean, that, that that question about how you get people to drive, that, that, that never even comes. Listen, I used to be that guy where I had trucks and I just tried to hire some. I loved my job. I loved making the money I made. And I assumed that if I put another truck on that has the same freight that I have, that has the mm -hmm. potential of doing a quarter million dollars a year to the truck in 2008. Okay. That I would have people falling out of the lee, out of the trees wanting to drive for me. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 the first person I hired literally could not tell time, literally could not tell time. Also couldn't tell you what, if you ask him how much fuel's in the tank, he couldn't tell me what a quarter and eighth and a half he, he, he did, you know, now he, he's still, he's successful at Landstar still. I mean, successful to the extent that he wants to be, you know, uh, I had a guy one time that could not figure out how to get to Indianapolis with a GPS. <laughs> I'm swearing to God, I can't, Larry, I can't find Indianapolis on my GPS. There's something wrong with my GPS. And what? You know, you're, you're using the same one I'm using. I mean, we, so we went through all this, I went through this tree of logic, you know, and I finally said, well, let me, Johnny, spell Indianapolis for me. And he goes, what's I-N-J-U-N, blah, 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 blah. I go, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Really? I tell you what, how about we go with zip codes instead, you know? <laughs> so, Good. you know, so, I mean, I, it was frustrating to the point where I was ready to throw in a towel because I listen, I would talk to 50 people to hire th to, to, to interview three and hire one. And I would do that every 10 days. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every time I hired somebody on my accounting system, I, I have, there's a letter my, my employees are account. 1040 and and everyone has a letter i'm now in the end of the two letters okay that's how you know because i went through so many drivers before we started this program because i was hiring a truck driver i was hiring mm -hmm. somebody to come here to have a job that i thought would be a, a really good job for somebody i mean a quarter million dollars a truck not many people doing that especially back then but i found out that i couldn't i couldn't do that i couldn't do that because I, 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 I got truck drivers, you know, and I know, I know now why, why there's a hundred percent turnover in this industry. You know, I, I, I understand that. But when we decided to quit doing that, we decided to quit hiring the truck driver, not providing jobs, but providing opportunities to get an education and learn how to be a business person. Everything changed. And you've heard us talk about this. You know, he drug me screaming, you know, and, and what, 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 uh, whatever to the podcast world, you know, and, and it, and I know some people say, well, that, that's the only reason you do the podcast. It wasn't, we did, the, we did the podcast just because we thought it might be fun to share some information. And he wanted to talk to me about it. We had no idea that we would generate the amount of, of interest that we have in doing this with no idea, but uh, it's been a beautiful byproduct and it's, 
one of the reasons that I like doing this a lot is because we have a waiting list, a long waiting list of people who want to come here. You know, um, every time we have an opening, we, we fill it the next day, you know, the next day we take on another truck. We fill the job the next day, you know? So it's, uh, it's an incredible, uh, it's an incredible thing, but it's not because they want to come here and drive an 07 Columbia. That's not the reason they come. They come here because they want to understand that they want to can take control of their life. You know, they want to be wealthy. They want to be able to take care of their family and they want to be in business for themselves where they make the decisions, but they've got to survive the first few years to do that and doing it the traditional way by going to Lone Mountain, L-O-A-N is not the way to do it or signing the fleece purchase is not the way to do it. And we're finally getting people to understand that. And they go, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Unfortunately, we get people who've already made the mistake and now they're calling us and we're turning those guys into, into mentoring clients, you know, to try to help them work through the problem. But I, I probably gotten off track here, but uh, that, that comment about how do you get people to drive it? It just, it, it, it gets me passionate and, and I just had to respond to it. So I'm sorry. Well, here, here, I got one for you. So I'm going to, this is Justin Harrison. So I'm, I'm going to assume someone with an automatic restriction who wants to stay as far away from the Northeast in Chicago doesn't qualify for the program. Well, no, not necessarily. Well, here's the thing. You, you, we, we have two automatic trucks. Yes. And, but the auto restriction is a problem because if, well, let, let me, let me clarify that. We don't own any automatic trucks. Correct. We have to, that we operate for other BCOs who guess what? Can't keep drivers. Imagine that. Okay. So we, we put drivers in it for them and run the truck for them. And they've made that decision by the automatic. I sure wouldn't, but anyway, go ahead, Chris. I didn't mean to, I, I had to jump so, in there. And make that point. So here we had a guy that, that we were going to hire that had an auto restriction. And I told him, I found out how to get rid of it. Cause I think the, the, I think the automatic transmission restriction is, is a form of terrorism um, and it, and it's completely immoral and it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't happen. Um, but the problem practically, like I said, we don't own an automatic. We have two that we operate. Well, if that automatic goes down and we have another truck sitting that you could get into and keep making money for you and us both, well, you can't drive it because you have that auto restriction. Now, you know, listen, do I love running the Northeast? No, I've done it for years and years and years and years. And of course, now I do it because I'm, I'm so experienced at it. It doesn't cause a problem. Um, but when you take pages out of the map, except for California, when you take pages out of the map, you're taking money out of your pocket. The, the best money in America is in the Northeast. All you have to do is learn how to do it. Learn how to get around the tolls. Learn the time of day to go through certain places. Learn learn the it's not it's not that hard. I, Chicago and, and the Northeast doesn't bother me. You know, put pontoons on the damn thing. I'll drive it to China. I, I don't me, care. Let me jump in here and make a a a, a broader point here about that. And, and we we teach this, okay? If you're going to make $150,000 a year at Landstar to 200, I looked it up today. You will be in the top 8.3% of earners in this country. Top 
Now, why are there people at Landstar that make $50,000 a year? The average owner upper in the country makes 67, and that's up from 62 last year because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But yet people at Landstar can make up to $200,000 a year pulling general freight in a dry van. I'm not talking about heavy haul. But here's the difference. The people that are going to be in the top 8.3% have to do what the people in the bottom 91.7 won't do. Okay? It, it's not about driving in the Northeast. Here's why the Northeast is, 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 is the honeypot. Because nobody wants to do it. Okay? You know, people think that, that brokers set the rates. They don't. It's, it's supply and demand. Guess what? There's a lot of freight in New England or mid-Atlantic, anywhere up there above D.C., okay? And yet there's not any trucks up there because nobody, everybody's down in flat Kansas and down in, you know, in Dallas and running down there where, you know, where there's plenty of room to park the truck. I admit it's harder to work up there, but it's much, much more rewarding because the rates are so much better. So you just have to decide if you're, you're coming here to learn how to be successful. You can't come here and say, well, I'm not going to drive north of Virginia because uh, I have to change my, my trip plan to go, go up there. Yeah, yeah, you do. Because what you've done up to now, let's just say that you're 50 years old, okay? What you've done up to now, how's that worked for you? If it was so good, why are you here? Why are you wanting to change your identity and be an owner-operator? Because shit hadn't worked too good so far, okay? But now you come here and you want to do the same thing you did before, but now you want to make $150,000. That's the point I'm trying to make with this thing tonight. Is, you know, you, you yeah, you can know, but by God, you got to turn around and do, you know? And, 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 and people that do make more than people that just know, all right? It, it works together. So it, 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 you guys get hung up on these little decisions about Chicago or that's not, you got to do anything you can do to set yourself apart from everybody else. You know, Bill Taylor just made a comment. Yeah. You got to take care of your customer because most people don't, you know, people spend too much time chasing money and spend time. They're absolutely, absolutely. You know? And so, you know, what we try to teach here is here's the knowledge, but listen, what's going to make you successful is what you do with it, you know? And if you do the same thing with you did before you came here, how'd that work for you? I asked our guys rhetorically, how long, how, how long have you worked and how much money have you made in your lifetime? Sit here and think about it and come up with a number in your head. I don't want you to tell me how much money have you made in your life so far? Write me a check for everything you write a check for. Oh, okay. I can't even buy a truck. I got to leave this person. How do you think it's going to be different for the next 50 years? If you, you know, you've gotten through 50 years and you have zero money, bad credit, you know, a lot of debt, but yet you, you, it's, I'm going to fix that tomorrow. Well, I got news for you. You won't. Okay. Unless you make a very, 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 very drastic change in what you've done so far. You know, so you can want it all you want. I mean, you've heard that old saying, crap in one hand, you know, and see which one fills up fastest, you know. So it's, um, it's, it's all about, it's all about making decisions to do things that will change what you're doing, change the results. Uh, you, you can't, you've heard that saying, you know, about insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I have a different way of saying it. I say, if you do what you always done, you get what you always got, you know.
So if what you always got is what you want, fine, stay there. I don't yeah. want you anyway. But if what you want is different than what you always got, then we listen, we can help you. We will help you. We do help you. But you can't come here and give me the restrictions. Well, I'm, I can't, I'm, I can't drive at night. God, I, I have to sleep. Dude, I drove four and a half years all night, but I made almost four and a half million or no, a million, million and a half dollars mm-hmm. in four and a half years driving at night. Was it worth it? I don't know. It's up to you. You have to decide. Will you drive at night for, for a million and a half dollars in a few years? I don't know. I'm not saying you have to do that, but the point is you have to do things that maybe aren't comfortable for you now, you know, for a period of time to reverse the situation you're in, to get to the point. Dave Ramsey has the best thing. You got to live like nobody else now so you can live like nobody else later. It's the same thing here. You got to do here what nobody else will do so that you're in position then in a few years to do what nobody else can do. Yeah. So. Chris has got a question here. Chris Taylor. Hi guys. When you say you have a number each day, you have to get like $1,400. Is that before land starts 34% or after that's before now we like to use these, we call it Landstar bucks. Um, It's the gross number and it's just easier than getting bogged down in the numbers because sometimes when a good load pops up, I need to know I want it. And I can certainly go through and figure out the percentages of the fuel and the excess oils and how much of the line haul I'm getting. But there's literally not time for that. So that's why we use the gross number before any percentages are considered. And and that's why it's 1400 right now. And we pay our drivers on gross revenue. So that's another reason why we use it because we pay our drivers, you know, 25% of gross revenue. So it's a number that, that has meaning to them as well. So, yeah. Um, But it's, you know, and somebody else comment, you know, we're getting to, you know, we're trying to get to about a thousand bucks a day to the truck. You know, that's, that's, that's what you're trying to do. You know, if you, if you, you know, if if it come and when it all comes out in the wash, if you're making about a thousand bucks a day, you're paying for your fuel, you're paying for your maintenance, you're making a profit, you're paying for yourself. But it also gives us, um, and, and some of the people that will that will have that graduate into booking their own loads, they'll, they'll get themselves in trouble because they'll see a big rate. Oh, it's $2,400. Yeah, and it's 850 miles. Try picking that up today and delivering it tomorrow. Then you end up using a day and a half, then it's hard to get reloaded. Well, your daily rate went from fourteen hundred to eleven fifty real quick, and you didn't catch it um, because your run time—the time it takes you to deadhead to the load, get loaded, get to the other end, get unloaded—your run time is too long, and so that's why we try to condense it down. We want a load to be picked up and delivered in twenty-four hours, or if it's going to be a two-day load, it's got to pay at least twenty-eight hundred bucks to be worth having two days on it. The fourteen hundred is for a six hundred mile or lower uh, route. Yeah, so you have to be able to do it in one shift. Okay, if it goes into a second shift, that number doesn't work anymore. So, and the way the market is right now, you know, I've got my minimum set at fourteen hundred, but I'm looking for eighteen hundred. You know, I'm looking for sixteen, eighteen hundred a day. 
uh, because I can't, because the market will support that. But back in March of last year, we weren't, we were begging for 1200, you know, and sometimes a thousand because the market was so bad. But you know? because our, our operating costs are so low, we made money. Yeah. I can't get the PPP. I don't have a single quarter that's lower than last year, you know? So it's, it's, um, that's another beautiful thing about what we do is that if you do things the way we do it, you have a very, very low operating, you know, uh, cost. And you know, the, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot more loads on the load board that you can pick if you don't have, if you have no cost, than if you have a $2 a mile cost to do in your, around your truck, even if you know what that is, most people don't even know what the cost around the truck is. They're just picking loads. They think they got to have $5 a mile. They can't move the truck, you know? Right. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking last year, last week, Chris, we just finished the week and we had, uh, we had three people do right at 10 grand a week, 9,900, 9,600. So we had, we, we had three guys last, last week, knock on $10,000 door, you know? Mm-hmm. Here's a comment from David Perrin watching your videos have made my wife and I fill out our Apple's lane star and get going on, get going up. We buy our trucks in. We buy our truck in two weeks. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Well, y'all need to check out the mentoring program and come to one of our events. I hope you're Speak. buying that truck with a check and not with, yeah. you know, Lone Mountain. Okay. They're going to kill me. They're going to send an assassin out. <laughs> get me. You know. Then the Queen of England is going to be paying for it. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of event, I wanted to show this picture here. Uh, this is a picture that we took. Oh, let me get that comment off of there. There we go. Uh, we took this picture after our event. This was all the people that we had um, at the event. People actually we, got to see Carl. You know, he yeah. really does exist. Well, and I'm and I'm getting there because right here he is. There he the is, man. Carl, the man, the, myth, the, myth. the legend. He yeah, really man. exists in the flesh. Uh, he, uh, man, I don't even know when he sleeps because all he does is work. Yeah. But there he is for some of. Which blows my mind. For some of y'all that think that I don't know, we made him up or fabricated him somehow, there he is. <sighs> so that was our second quote live event, and it, 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 we're, we're we're really really liking doing these, okay? Uh, because what's happening is we only have a limited number of people we can hire. So we've been doing them in conjunction with us hiring new people, but probably not going to do that again because it makes it a very, our, our new hires were went from eight o'clock in the morning till midnight, almost three days in a row. It's just too long, you know, so we're probably not going to do that, but we are going to continue to have these for you people that, you know, that already own your own truck or you're, you're, you're already BCO, but you're struggling or like these folks, you're getting ready to be a BCO and you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. We will, you know, we will mentor and coach you. I mean, we have, we, it's not unlimited. We, it's Chris and I, so we have to have, you know, we have to have time to do everything. Um, but we do have a few slots. So uh, if some of you guys are interested, get a hold of us and we'll let everybody know when this next event's going to be, probably sometime late May or June, you know. And so, um, but uh, it's, uh, it's been well received and, and, um, it's, uh, it, it makes, uh, makes me want to do it again, just because it's, uh, I think it's effective. I think it's helping people and, and, uh, and that's kind of what we're about here. So, and like I say, we'll probably not include, we'll probably invite our current drivers that are already here back if they're in the area, but our new hires are probably going to have to be 
done separately. We just can't, we don't have enough manpower, enough time to properly orient them mm. and, you know, do the, what we need to do with, with, with the, with the other guys. So now look, I'll warn you in advance. It's a two day deal. Day one, I have sandpaper in your ass. Okay. It's not going to be comfortable on day one because <laughs> we're going to, we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to be pretty honest. All right. Day two, we're going to put money in your pocket. So, uh, you have to, you have to live through day one to get to day two, but, uh, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Chris Taylor's got a question. I would like to buy a second truck. Would I be better off buying a cheaper truck and having an in-frame done or buying a 2016 Freightliner <laughs> with a Freightliner select warranty? Uh, I'm going to answer a question with an answer. Okay. Did somebody drop you on your head when you were little? <laughs> So, okay, let me give the context of that. So, <laughs> my best friend Zeke, years ago, um, he called me one day, and Larry has said, you know, back when he was listening to Kevin, you know, you get to where you can, you're listening to the show, and you know the answer before he says it, and the same, I did the same thing with Dave Ramsey. And so Zeke's like, what do you know about a Mac Vision? He had found a Mac Vision for sale, and I don't know what year it was, and. And I'm like, well, you know what? I don't know. Why don't you call Kevin and ask him? And this was at the time where they were pre-recording the shows and it was over a phone connection. So I'm dialed in and I'm listening and he takes Zeke's question and Zeke asks him about a mic vision. And Kevin goes, did somebody drop your head, drop you on your head when you're in a baby? And I'm howling, you know, and Zeke is such a, a sweet, nice guy, yes. you know, and totally didn't deserve it. And I'm, I'm, I've got tears rolling down my face. I'm laughing so hard. It's so good. Look, Chris, listen. Buy a cheaper truck and in frame it if it needs it. What if it don't need it? What if it don't need it for 90 days? What if it don't need it for six months? You know, Zeke just bought a truck for $5,300. Okay. Um, I think he's into it right now for about 20 um, and I think we have to put a transmission in it. We were hoping it wasn't a transmission, but you know, we're probably looking another four or five grand, but I mean, Carl has gone through this truck from back to front and top to bottom. The entire suspension has been rebuilt. It's got brakes. It's got chambers. It's got airbags. All the suspension bushings have been gone through. It's got a new seat. We went in and disassembled the whole dash and we cleaned everything. Um, the problem oh. with the problem with the 2016 in this scenario is again the what the one what's a one box cost 13, what's the 000. what's it cost to put a head gasket on it i mean 17, all these things are going to happen and you're going to pay triple and quadruple for them where you're not going to pay the the cost of maintaining that well, you didn't say what year but older, cheaper truck is, yeah, you might have to put a little money in. But let me tell you something. People freak out over a 20000 in frame. You know how long it takes to pay for an in frame here at Landstar? About three weeks, four weeks. Yep. It's done. It's over with. Okay? Now you're making money. It's good for another million miles. Okay? A million miles. Most people drive 100000 a year. That's 10 years it's good for now. Oh, I had to stretch and pay for it in, 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 in three or four weeks. You know? This 2016, I mean, God, I mean, it, you're just starting. And oh, by the way, price an end frame for that. No. They're going to tell you it's not worth doing because you're, you're, you're easier to swing a motor in it than, than end frame, you know. 
it it's just, the the risk is too high. The risk is too high. The the uh, the the cost of keeping it running is too high. You know, and there's just a lot of things that I mean. What are you going to do? I mean, it, you're going to continue to have DPF issues as long as you have it because it makes it. And you put another driver in it, and he idles it all night and does it doesn't. You know, that's the other thing you got to think of. Think about when you're buying your second truck. You're making, and this is listen. This is a good sub, good subject. I'm glad you asked it. Every time somebody thinks about buying a second truck, they think that they're going to duplicate truck one. Mm-hmm. Never happens. Never happens. Nope. I don't care if you put your brother in it. The second truck will not perform the way the first truck does as far as a return on your investment. You know, it'll do half of your truck. And, and, and it's just, it, it's just hard to do. It's just hard to do. I wouldn't, I, you know, you're asking my opinion. You're on, you're calling our show. My question, my answer would be hell no, hell no. You know, if I've got to buy an older truck and in, and spend twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars on it, it's done. It's done. I mean, I'm finished. I can drive it now, not knowing that I don't have to worry about this for a million miles. You know, everything can be fixed. You know, everything. Chris, can be fixed. I want you to think about this too. Okay, we hire really good people, right? I I really like and admire and respect our drivers okay but in in the last week i've driven three of our trucks i got one on vacation i got one dropped one off to have it worked on and he took another one out all three of them were down low on oil and there was no oil in the side box you know we run t6 540 full synthetic it's 40 bucks a gallon at the truck stop it's 20 dollars a gallon at walmart we got really 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 good people and they don't take truck care of the trucks the way i do and they don't take care of trucks the way larry does when they own it they will undoubtedly when it's their money on the line they'll change but even our great drivers that we have don't don't do it and that's why larry and i either one can get in any one of their trucks and the fuel mileage goes up one mile per gallon without question you know and you have to think about if you're not going to get the caliber of drivers that we do what's going to happen to your second truck are they even going to tell you it's low on oil are they even going to tell you it's got you know a a five hundred dollar tire that's cupping and then all of a sudden you find out that a tire you bought six months ago is completely junk. And they're like, oh, I didn't know, you know, right. You didn't know because you didn't look because you don't care. It's not your it's not your truck. It's not your problem. Right. I mean, we've even seen we've even had experiences where and this baffles me about the whole corporate thing. We make sure when we bring in a candidate that we want to make sure they give two weeks notice. And most of them are like, oh, yeah, I have to give two weeks notice. You think we get two weeks notice? <laughs> Hell no. We get about 20 minutes notice. Why do they get the respect? Why do these carriers and, and, and giant corporations that treat people like dirt and treat them like slaves get that kind of respect? But we don't. I, I'll never understand that. But buying the second truck, what's that thing you say, Larry, about when you're looking at a business duck? Uh, Any time in the past where I've looked at buying a business, I always look at what they what the what the books say is right, what revenue is, and cut that in half. 
Then I look and see what the books say the expenses are, and I double it. And then you're going to be basically close, you know. So, um, and that's kind of what we do when we're buying trucks, you know. We listen to what the guy says and, you know, and, and add 50% or, or a 50% bullshit factor to it, you know. <laughs> and it's a, you know, you know, what, you know what I can't believe. I can't believe there's this many people out here doing doing uh, in frames that never write a receipt because nobody ever has one. I <laughs> know <laughs> these shops just don't generate receipts because yeah. every truck I look at's got an in frame, but there's no paperwork. You know, and when you think really, you want to get that, that's a damn that, that's a damn big tax deduction. Okay, yeah, that's twenty thousand dollars, but you don't have a receipt that that shows where you paid for it. So. Yeah. um you know, the lips are moving, you know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. I saw a comment here. Let me see where if I can find this. Because I couldn't understand it. Matthew in Canada, you know, you can't come to this. We allow Canadians yeah. cross the border, you know. So we can't there come to you, but you can come to us. How's my <laughs> Sean? How's my Columbia treating y'all? <laughs> Did we buy uh, one here? Did he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's you know doing good. I have to look and see. I think, uh, Sean, what year, what year is the truck? Help, help us out here. I got 10. Okay. So help, help me out with what year it is. I'm thinking it might be 956. I mean, me too. I, I think 956 bought out of Northern Ohio. I, 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 I think so. That I might be it. Um, anyway, if we've got it, it's doing great. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Matter of fact, we if it is nine fifty six, we're just we're getting ready to put a rear end housing in it because it's rusting out. But yeah, uh, but there again, but, okay, no, no big deal, you know. I mean, yeah, tell about that. We, what was it, six hundred fifty dollars? I ate something with the freight. You ate know? something with the freight. Carl will probably do it in four hours. Three hundred twenty, but thousand bucks. You know, make it, thousand I make, bucks. I make it back after a driver makes a hundred thousand dollars a year in two weeks. Big deal. You know yeah. what? Don't freak out. Shit can be fixed. Okay, that's that's why we have Carl. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But you know, now I have to tell our drivers, y'all, I can't fix stuff you don't tell me about. You know, I'm more than happy. You know, oh, I'm the twenty twelve the twenty twelve glider. That's who. That's who it was. He's in. He's in Tennessee, oh. Sean. Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, hey, it's doing oh. absolutely great. Oh, yeah, we just now spent a little bit of money on, it, but we we have driven it up till now and hardly spent anything on it. Okay, except what we had to do to get to pass inspection. We just now put a what we put an exhaust manifold on it. Yeah, and, and we put a turbo on it. Uh, but it has been awesome, awesome. If you've got more of them, I'll buy them. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll I'll meet you tomorrow if you if if you've got any more of them. Beautiful truck. Awesome. Yeah. Truck. Great fuel mileage truck too. Our best, our best truck fuel mileage. Our best truck. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. We, we love having your truck. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The 2012 glider. Yeah. Now just let me reiterate cause I've said this before. Okay. Some of y'all think gliders are the golden ticket. All right. But just understand that like Sean's truck, for example, was a Schneider truck. It came with an engine. All right. And it has to have one of the three or major yeah, components. Major it components. Have, it has to have two of the three. 
Two or three. Okay. You have so, to order with two of the three major components, either rear end transmission or engine and transmission. One, two of the three have to come with the truck. So they probably put a rear end transmission in. It's probably how they did it. Okay. All right. But here's, here's the issue. On that truck, if you go to the Freightliner dealer and you say, all right, look up the parts. Well, everything from the fuel tanks back doesn't exist. So it didn't have rear ends. It had, it had a, it had a motor and a transmission, but it did not have rear ends. So, which is great because if I need an air conditioner part or something, I can, I can go to the dealer and find it. But if I need S cam, uh, if I need rear end housing information, I can't get that information from the dealer because if, if something, and what was the guy at Matheny telling us? Something? Well, we just found this out though. If the person who built it, who did, who built the glider, did it the way it's supposed to be done, they're supposed to register those components so that they are on record. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we haven't found that to be very reliable, you know, so. Um, because but, when you look, you look at the plate on the dash and it'll tell you what components. Well, like the ones we looked up at in Michigan, it had the, they had the engine data and it had basically that it was set up for an eaten set up transmission. For, yeah, yeah. And, then, and we know now what that means. It has that fly with that, uh, that bell housing for that mm -hmm. transmission as opposed to the right. Rockwell, you know. We, right. And so you just going into a glider, you have to have your eyes open because it, it's not as easy sourcing parts for them as it is a factory built truck, you know. So I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, this this truck's a 2012. It's it's set up well. It's got the direct drive transmission, 264 rears. You know, great fuel mileage truck. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Be be careful about buying them that have been where the in, where the engine is what didn't come with it, because we're finding out all those Fitzgerald ones are coming. You know, they're, they're lasting three hundred thousand miles and are having to be in framed. And you know, a lot of those those rebuilds are being done. You know, a, and and I understand that. An in frame is not an in frame is not an in frame. They're all kind of you know uh, created equal because mm -hmm. they can source different. They can source cheaper parts. You know, you've got some shade tree that does it and doesn't do the counter bores and it drops a, a liner, you know. So <clears throat> just when you're shopping for a glider, just be careful if you're buying one that someone's put a reman engine in. Do your homework and find out what, you know, see what the parts, where they came from. See who did it, you know. Um, typically, uh, if a Detroit shop does it, it's probably better done than not. But that still doesn't mean anything. You really got to do your homework. Um uh, and when, because that is, we're finding that now a lot with, uh, with a lot of gliders that engines were put into and they just, the, the, the engine rebuild was not a quality rebuild, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and look but back to the older truck thing, the C120 platform, the Century Columbia, they're bulletproof, man. You know, th there's. With the exception of the frame breaking in two, there's nothing you can't replace on there and, and replace it cheap. You know, when Zeke and I, so, so Zeke buys this truck and him and his wife go down there after we get it back and they took four trash bags of trash out of this truck. I mean, it was nasty. Okay. So he and I went down there last weekend and I took the whole dash out of it. Right. And it took me 30 minutes to remove the whole dash. And he scrubbed it and cleaned it. And then we scrubbed the floors and, and it took me about 45 minutes to put it all back. Had I, which that truck surprised me, like none of the dash pieces were broke. It just dirty. 
But even still, I could replace the whole dash for like 800 bucks. You know, the whole thing, it looked brand new. You know, it, it, they're just easy to work on. And so if you have a halfway competent mechanic or if you have a Carl, there's nothing you can't fix on those trucks. And they're there's just a, so efficient. There's a question here. Why did you say you wouldn't buy an automatic? Well, there's a couple reasons. Number one is they're, they're not as reliable. Remember, I put 1.85 million miles on a truck with a 10-speed transmission that now, as when Chris drives it, tells it, it tells me it's the best transmission in our fleet. Yep. And it's never, never had anything ever done to it except put a clutch between it and the motor. Yep. You're not going to do that with an automatic, okay? Especially back in that time frame. That's where I, it's just like the emission problems in, in, the, in 08 through 14, when that technology came out, it wasn't ready to be, to be out. That's when trans, the auto, auto shift transmissions were kind of coming out. And, and listen, I know people who got put out of business because they just could not pay to, to have the transmission worked on. It was so expensive to fix yeah. it. Now, we run across some that go, well, you know, I don't have any. But, again, we're all about minimizing risk, okay? If you buy an automatic transmission, you're not minimizing. The risk goes up because it's, it's more expensive to work on. And it's very likely going to have to be worked on multiple times, you know, and, and, and why? I mean, I, second of all, we really don't want to hire drivers if that's all they know how to drive, you know, because, again, it's a, it's a problem for us in getting somebody can do critical thinking. And when they were raised in a fleet and, and we, you know, all I can do is do an automatic. So I, 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 we want them to, to, to kind of we want to take the training wheels off here. Okay. We want them to understand how to do this. Even if they choose to buy an automatic on their own down the road, if something happened, and you also have to remember here, we have 10 trucks and occasionally we have a truck go down. We have to move a driver to a different truck. If we hire somebody that's automatic restricted, what are we going to do? You know, well, we got to send you home cause you can't shift, you know? So yeah. I, it, it, it's just not, it, it's, it's not a, a it's the decision to do that has some risk in it that you can choose not to. I mean, you don't have to buy a truck with an automatic. There's plenty of them that don't have it, you know? So would you recommend? Absolutely. That's where we, that's the newest truck we recommend is an 07 because we can fix EGR now. Okay. Yeah. We can't, we, we can't tolerate the risk of a DPF and that does come out in 08. So 07 and 04 and back or 03 and back is better because there's no EGR. But still, uh, the EGR now is we can we can fix the EGR. It's, it's at have least EGR manageable. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, so, just for reference, 09, 2000, 2001, 02, and 03 are non-emission. 04, 05, 06, 07 have EGR. You said 09. You mean 99? 99, 99 yeah. through 2003. Well, 93. To, you know, but yeah, but we. we it's hard to find a 98, 99 model anymore. Yeah. And if you do find a 98, 99 that's in really good shape, they want $30,000 for it. Yeah. You know? all, the, all the guys who don't want it on ELD have scuffed, scuffed, uh, scarfed up all the 99s. So yeah. they're not And out they've driven up the prices to <clears throat> ludicrous yeah. levels. Yeah, yeah. This guy in, in, in Michigan that thought he had these hot commodities that went and looked at, you know, it, his, his thinking was because they had 99 engines in them that we we're going to pay what for them? 40, 20, 27. 
I don't know. They, they weren't worth half of that. But he thought he had something because they were 99s. But anyway, going back to what he said, 99 to 03 is going to be a 12.7 liter non-EGR motor. All right? 04, you kind of got to open the hood because that's a transition year. You could have an 03 with an EGR. You can have uh, a 12.7 with EGR. You could have a 14 with a non-EGR. We have one of each. Okay? So it's uh, you just have to open the hood and look. Uh, but 04 through 07 is going to be EGR, but not DPF. And then 08 through now is going to have the DPF. So also, also, also run if it's deleted. Okay. Just run. Yeah. It, and that's the problem right now. We can find a lot of trucks, but they've all been deleted. And it costs about eight, depending on how they do it. If they haven't, if they haven't damaged the head by blocking off the EGR. Okay. It's about eight thousand dollars to fit to delete to undelete a delete, you know. Yeah, because you got to buy an EGR valve. That's depending on the motor nine hundred nine to twelve hundred dollars. You got to do a turbo. That's eighteen hundred dollars. Um, if they change the exhaust manifold, that's nine hundred dollars. Um, if they if they did the, did away with the V pod, a V pod's about six hundred bucks, and then you got the airlines and the electrical, and then you've got to reprogram the ECM. I mean, you're you're easily, you know, seven to ten thousand dollars to um, to put a truck back the the, the right way. And you're um, very likely going to put a head gasket or a head on it mm-hmm. in short order because if they run it that way, that the blocking that EGR, the the cooling on the EGR, just makes that excessively hot, and it's not designed to take that. And so it's uh it it's not. I, when I look at a truck and it, the first thing I ask, I ask three. If you, if you see me on Facebook, I ask two things, eh, probably three things. What's the rear end ratio? Cause nobody knows that nobody ever can answer that question. Number two, is it deleted? Number three, doesn't have an in frame with documentation. Well, number four, what's the transmission model? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that'd be a follow-up question to the, to the gear, gear ratio, but the under the delete kills it every time. You know, that, yeah. they won't know the other two, but they know, oh, yeah, it's been deleted. You know, call it a dirty delete or a, what are they, what's the word they use for it? There's a word for it they call it. Sloppy oh, delete or the ugly fix. Ugly delete. Ugly delete. I don't well, know. Well, the ugly fix, the ugly fix actually isn't that bad because they're just, they're just tricking the EGR into turning itself off. Right. That's not that bad. It's the ones where they block off the uh, EGR cooler. Yeah. They, they weld it shut and then it, it's all junk, you know. Um, Chris got another one here. Do you run an APU on your truck? Do you idle them? We have a couple that came with APUs. We don't go looking for APUs. Um, they're so ridiculously stupid, expensive to work on. They're not in this market with fuel, how it is. They're, they're just not worth having. Um, and our trucks aren't damaged by idle like the, uh, like the emissions trucks are. Um, so, you know, if you buy a truck that's got an APU, I mean, at least we found that Carl can fix them. But good God, don't go to a Thermo King dealer. If you do, you better have a, a bank note on on. Well, there's no return on. I mean, now when, if fuel gets five dollars a gallon, this this answer we're going to answer is going to change because that's what APU in 07, 08, when I first came in this thing, there were nobody had an APU. I bought mm-hmm. one in like oh nine because fuel was five dollars a gallon. Okay, uh, I got a government grant. I got $2,000 knocked off of it or something. But anyway, you, you could make it, you could, you you could do the math 
And it had a return on investment at some point when fuel was five dollars a gallon. Now, when fuel was two seventy five, you know, you can't it, the 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 years to to make that back. Now, understand something else too. Our guys don't start the truck when they leave the house and turn it off when they get back either. You know, we teach again. We're teaching how to control costs. So if they idle us because it's 85 degrees at night and they need to sleep, you know, if it's 65, they better fucking not be idling. Okay. So, you know, we, we don't just have this blanket thing where you can idle, you know, you have to idle with some sense, but at the same time, you have to be able to do the math and make it make sense, you know, and an 8,000, those APUs are eight to 10 grand. Okay. How much fuel can you buy for eight to 10 grand? You know, yeah. and you have to also understand you're, you're only going to use about a gallon per hour. You know, I look, I know some people that sleep all 11 hours of their break, you know, I, or what is it, 10 hours? I, I can't do that. You know, I, if I were idling, I'd idle for about six or seven hours. I'd be up and gone. I mean, it's, so you're using five or six, seven gall- gallons a night at three bucks, $15 a night. Figure yeah. out how many nights you can go to get to eight grand. You know, if I was going to buy one, I'd go out there to that guy in Stratford, Missouri, and buy one that's been remanufactured for 3500 3, But remember, every time you work on it, it's going to cost $3,500 to, to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Believe me when I tell you this, okay? Yeah. So, Do y'all use the 10-speed mostly? Do y'all prefer the 10 over the 13, or does it not matter? Um, we don't really – we're not going to convert, you know, if it's got a 13 grade, if it's got a 10 grade. Again – we're going to look at gear ratio and then we're going to look at the final drive of the transmission to make sure that RPMs are right. You know, most of the time, if a truck has a 342 or 358, a 264, the, the gear ratio is going to tell us, okay, here's where it, you know, like Zeke's truck needs a transmission. Well, you got to buy a transmission anyway. So he's thinking about putting a 13 in it. Well, we had to go backwards from, uh, it's got 358s in it, so we had to figure out, okay, what does the final drive in that 13 speed have to be, uh, the double overdrive, because if you if you pick the wrong transmission that has the wrong uh, wrong final drive in it and hook it to that rear end that's already in your truck, you're going to spend a lot more money. The 13's not going to help you. So, again, it's all down to basic specs of the truck to make sure that it's fuel efficient. If it's all set up right, 10 or 13 doesn't really matter. I mean, 13 is better, obviously, especially if you're going to drive the hills, you know, because you can just grab half a gear. But it's not, you know, it, it's it's not it, it's not like deciding to buy a, a manual over an automatic, you know, whatever it has, it has. I, 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 you know, 13 is a bonus, I guess. I mean, you know, it. it uh, but then again, you've got guys that have never driven them before, and it, it takes a little adjustment to learn how to shift it and mm-hmm. use it. There's a story there that I know he wants to tell really bad, but we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. But, but the, all, the tra- listen, transmissions and rear ends are all about RPMs, okay? We want the RPMs on these Series 60s engines to be about 1250 to 1325. That's the sweet spot. So if our, if our target uh, speed is 60, 62 miles an hour, we have to have the right rear ends and the right transmission final drive, final ratio to attain that. If it's 1750, that's never going to be a truck, a truck that will get fuel mileage. Okay. And, and it would, we also have to look at the time. I mean, if it's got 24 inch rubber on it, we know it's, we're going to have to put 22.5 to get the fuel mileage we want. That changes the, the, the RPM, the, the ratio. 
So all these all these are questions that we asked because we wanted to to idle. I mean, we wanted to um, to have uh, about twelve fifty to thirteen twenty five RPMs at sixty miles an hour. You know, and if yeah. it if it's there or close, then we know we can get fuel miles out of that truck. You know, that's why we say all along, you just can't go buy a truck without asking questions because you can buy a truck that 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 uh, the sweet spot is at is at twelve twenty five and it's at sixty miles. It's at seventeen hundred RPM. You know, you'd have to drive thirty five, forty miles an hour to get fuel mileage out of that truck. You know, yeah. So, you know, you, you just can't go buy a truck and not know. That's why it blows me away that people sell trucks on the Internet all the time. And none of them know what the rear end ratio is. Hell, you had it for how many years and you never knew what the rear end ratio was? Let yeah. me tell you how to find it, okay? Let me tell you a little secret. Pop this little panel off inside that looks like a glove compartment. Guess what? Voila, it's right there in front of you. you know, so. Brand new Detroit Series 60, new transmission and clutch, how much I can pay cash? Well, you're if you were buying a crate motor, 30 grand, new transmission about five, new clutch about 850. So you're looking at 35, 36,000 plus labor. Um, I, I mean, pe people say, well, if you had $150,000 cash, would you go buy a new truck? No, I'd, well, I, number one, I'd go buy five of these, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, I'd if I had that of kind of money, but um, I can't, I couldn't really fault you if you went and found a, a $5,000 truck and, you know, and you had the money and you wanted to go dump a brand new components and whatever, if you got the cash, I don't care what you do, you know, doesn't really matter. Why would you do, I mean, why? I mean, I, there's 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 cheaper ways of doing that. I mean, why does it have to have a new engine? I mean, why can't we why can't we overhaul the one in it? Why does it need a new transmission? That's how many miles would be on this truck? That would be highly unusual that you would have to put a transmission in it. Yeah, um, the clutch, no big deal. I mean, the clutch is. I mean, that's maintenance. You're going to do that anyway. Once every, well, I did one in 1.8 million miles, but I. I know how to drive a truck, you know, so you have drivers in there. You might end up putting one in every 500,000 miles. So especially if you hire somebody that's only learned how to drive an automatic. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, Tom, Michelle. I've been an owner operator for five plus years and I'm still learning new things every day. The biggest reason owner operators fail, I believe, is because they want to take too much time off. Yeah. That's <laughs> that would, that would be a reason. I don't know if it's the biggest reason, but it would be a problem, you know, uh, because like I said, if they did it the normal way where they went in debt and they came to Landstar because I want freedom, I want to be able to do what I want to do. You know, I, I equate it to the teenage boy or girl that goes to college and they've never lived away from home ever, ever. And mm -hmm. now they're in a strange town by themselves with all this freedom. Well, that could be a good thing. That might not be a good thing, you know? So um, sometimes unbridled freedom can, can, can be a problem. And this is usually a, a problem with new owner operators. They, they, they want to they wanna react to all the years where they were forced down their throat what they had to do. And so the, the, the knee-jerk reaction to that, the opposite uh, action of, of, of that, is that, well, now I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do, and I'll just work when I the hell I want to, and I'm the boss, no, 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 no. That's fine. As long as your bank account can withstand it, you know, as long as Lone Mountain's not knocking on your door, wanting to know why you can't make a truck payment, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll tell our people, I wish, you know, everybody has this, this thinking, well, it must, must be easy. Air, look at all the owner operators running down the road. They're, they're working, they're making it happen to quote one of our employees. But I'm like, I wish there was some type of a gauge on the side of a, of an owner operator's truck that, that says, 
how many truck payments they're behind, how many years they haven't made a tax filed a tax return, you know, how how what what's their how how far in debt are they, what how much money they got in the bank, you know, because that truck still rolls up down the road. That that's very deceptive, because that truck is one incident, maybe one more week of not making this payment of being re repossessed. You can't see that with a run down the road, you know. So um, there's a lot of reasons why people fail. That certainly is one of them. But, uh, you know, in a bigger in the bigger scheme, we just call that lack of commitment. You know, that's not the only thing. If he's doing that or she, that's not the only thing they're doing wrong. You know, the number yeah. one reason people fail is, is under capitalization. That's the number one reason. Because capitalization can overcome a lot of other things, you know, that still are a problem, but you can endure it. When you go in, when you do this with no money and no credit <laughs> and, and, and you go into debt, you're way, way, way undercapitalized and you're one breakdown or one uh, pandemic from being out of business, you know? Yeah. Matthew Miller, how many miles a month do you want you to guys to run as zero. few as possible? Zero. We want to run zero. Miles are, miles cost money, you know? what we our focus is revenue you know um so i i don't i don't i don't want our people thinking about miles i want them to thinking about miles about you know careful trip planning but you know a mile mileage is a cost you know and it it goes back to that thing we talked about you know you can run as a company driver the only way you can make more money is to run more miles especially if you're mileage-based, which most are. But as an owner-operator, that's stupid because there's costs with that. So instead of running more miles, how about we get paid more for the miles we're running, and how about we cut our cost? Because, you you know, here's what we preach. Right, fuel is your number one cost. Right? You know how people, the easiest way to control fuel costs is just make better decisions. Because a lot of decisions you make, you don't think about it, but they're costing you fuel mileage. First of all, IFTA, knowing how to buy fuel, understanding how to buy fuel, knowing that fuel is very volatile and you should price it every day and buy it where it's cheap. You know, you want to go buy fuel at a Sam's Club because you get a lot of it there for a lot less money. You don't want to go buy it at a 7-Eleven. I'm using this as an analogy. I hope you understand that. So cutting the cost does a whole lot more to making money than running more miles because you don't have the expense run the miles we have that's listen that is a, a mindset that we have to reset when people come here because they think well i gotta run miles i gotta run miles. no no we don't pay on miles for a reason you know we don't get paid on miles from landstar we can pay percentage of load so we change the focus away from even rates for that matter you know because the rate will if you're doing 1400 a day and you're doing less than 600 miles which is our basic our guideline the, the, you don't have to worry about the rate the rate the rate is going to automatically be there, you know, and people get hung up over the, all the wrong stuff. You know, they lose sight of, of what's, what's important over stuff that's not important. And miles is, is not even, we don't, you know, the only miles we track are deadhead. Okay. We track deadhead because that costs money. And if, and, and if you're driving somebody else's truck, it's not you that's writing that check. So it's another thing that we teach them now to, to respect me because in a year or two, they're going to be 
putting that money back in their pocket by understanding that you can't deadhead 500 miles to pick up this load. You know, we, we, we try to use 150 as our outside range for deadhead. So here's the follow-up to the guy asking about the new components warranty. Listen, if you want to find somebody that is um, the absolute least motivated to fix your vehicle, find somebody doing it for warranty. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not, it's not possible for me to care any less about warranty than I do. Uh, I'll take it if I can get it, but it is absolutely. If, if it's free, if it's yeah. free, if it's, I'm not paying anything for it. And here's the other problem with the warranty, whoever that was, read it really close and find the part where it says that they pay you while you're down. Your lost revenue. Show me where it's in your warranty, and I'll say to it, but it's not there. And you see, that's the part that people don't understand. Oh, I got a warranty. Good. You're, you know, you know that warranty pays the, the 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 repair shop less than customer pay, so they don't want to do it. They're not going to rush to get it done. So if I if you're in this if we're in the same shop for the same problem, and I'm paying and you're getting warranty, I'm getting out first by a long shot. And I've got less time there because I, I now I'm pulling freight while you're still there with your warranty. See, the warranty means nothing because it doesn't pay your biggest cost. And that's the lost opportunity. You know, especially if you've got a driver in it. Now you've got to take care of a driver and you're not making any money. So I would, the warranty to me, if it's free and, it, and I, if, if, if everything else about that is what I want to do and you give me a warranty, great. Okay. You know, I might, I, listen, I, I feel good for a few minutes. Okay. But it, it, in the long run, it means nothing. If you have to pay for it, you're better off putting the money in your maintenance account. Okay. And just warranting yourself. Yeah. Far better. Far better. Uh, I never, ever, ever make a decision based on warranty. Uh, now, especially if it's a warranty for some, you know, you can get your truck worked at Joe Blow. And if it goes bad, you bring it back and I'll fix it. But what's the chance of me being Joe Blow's neighborhood when it goes bad? And now I've got to tow it to Joe Blow. And let me tell you something. We're in the wrong business because this tow business, we paid $900 an hour to have a tow truck, what, 13 miles, you know? It was unbelievable what it cost to tow this truck, you know? So you the, war the warranty, now the nationwide warranty is a little different story, but you still have to go back to that place and you got to get there, you know? So uh, not, not a fan, not a fan. Mason. <clears throat> I'm not even going to try your last name because I don't I don't want to butcher it. I've in the man. <laughs> what do you think of an 05 Columbia with a C15 cat and a 10 speed manual 342? Uh, if it was an 03, yeah, uh, that's, that's going to be a twin twin turbo Acert. Yeah, that was that's yeah. the that's the motor that made Cat say we're out of this market. We're going to yeah. off road, and y'all guys can have this emissions. So yeah. no, it, no I, would thank you. I would run. I would run. I would run. Now again, a bunch of people. Oh man, why don't you just single turbo it? Uh, go ahead. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to accept that risk. You know, there's there, there's nothing wrong with a six NZ thirty four oh six E. Well, they're they're, great motors. Yeah, but they don't get they don't get fuel mileage. They don't get fuel mileage. They're expensive to work. You got to go to a cat dealer. The reason we like Detroit. Is because anybody will work on them. 
You know, every TA and Petro in the United States is a Freightliner service point. Now, I'm not going to not going to vouch for all of their qualities and their abilities, but they are one. You right. don't have to go to Freightliner to get it worked on. OK, the last thing I want to do is go to a dealership. That's the last thing I want to do. And so if I can send my guy to the TA and have him go in the bunk and get his 10 hour break while they're fixing his wiper transmission or whatever it is. I don't have to take the truck off the freight to fix it. If I've got a cat, I've got to go to the cat dealership to get it worked on. If I've got a Cummins, if I, especially if I've got a pack R or a, or a, a max force, nobody's work on that stuff. You know, again, we're all about minimizing risk. Going to a dealership does not minimize risk. Now, it's not that we love Detroit. We just love the fact that they're cheap to work on, you know, and, and, the, and people actually, want to work on those mold motors because they know how to fix them. They don't have to get their computer out to try to understand what, what's wrong with it. They go, oh, yeah, I don't know what that is, you know. So, it, you know. Speaking of Max Force, <clears throat> uh, Terrell, you showed up just in time for Larry to trash Max Force. Oh, uh, well. You he missed too much. You know, look, Terrell, he got it for a great price. Hell, he's already he's already paid for. It. I mean, he he's only had it for a few months. He's already paid for it. So, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's I wouldn't have done it, but uh, he did it and he did it before he knew us. And, and it, it's worked out. I mean, if it if it crashes and burns tomorrow, he's OK, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it again, it's it's a little risky for me because where I've got to get the motor worked on, you know, and uh, I wouldn't. Again, it, it there's that, no re, there's no reason to have to do it. Why, why make decisions that are going to put you in more risk? That that's the whole thing about this, guys. Understand all these little questions. It's all about what's the least risky thing to do. Because remember, the majority, the a high, 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 high percentage of people who do this fail. It's not like it's just one out of one out of two. It's nine out of ten. All right. Yeah. Most people are going to fail. If I told you that, look, go walk in traffic and one to 10 hours, you're going to get to the other side. How many of you do it? None. If you're, if you're, if you're going through a minefield, one out of 10 is going to get through the minefield, tear out. How many are going to do it? None. But yet every one of you will go lease purchase a truck or go to Lone Mountain and buy a truck and be the one out of 10 that doesn't make it. You know, I don't know. I, all these things are, are all these things we talk about in decisions are all because we want to keep you in that 0.5 out of 10 that gets through this the first time with money in your pocket and pride in yourself and, and, and you're not out of business and you're not divorced, bankrupt and homeless, you know, because that's how this ends. That's how this story ends. How much do you recommend putting in your maintenance account? I've been putting two fifty per week into mine. That's a pretty good number. A lot of it depends on, you know, <clears throat> what. Here's what I would do, Chris. I don't know where you're at. What I would do is I would get through West Virginia and I would hook up with Carl, and I would have him inspect that truck, because as Terrell found out, um, you'll walk away with two pages of stuff that needs done. That's not going to break today. But it's going to break in the next 90 days, six months, you know, um, and then you can say, OK, here's critical. Here's non-critical. Here's stuff that's going to have to be addressed. And then you can adjust that based on some of those critical levels, because that's Carl's gift 
uh, that, that he can, you know, walk up to a truck and, hey, what you going to do about this? And I'm like, well, hell, I didn't even know that was a problem. Now I do, you know. Um, you know, come through, Carl will charge you probably 80 bucks or something, you know, an hour of labor to go over your truck um, and give you a, a, a super, super detailed list of stuff that that truck needs. Um, and, and, and then you can work it out and then you can adjust it. And if you get some of that critical stuff knocked out, then you can say, okay, now I just need to maintain, you know, just, just, uh, our, our years of experience running old trucks is that it's somewhere between 12 and 15 cents a mile. And we don't really count deadhead there. We, we, we look at paid miles, you know, and, and if you're in that range, you're going to be close. Okay. Um, the other question, there's another question here about, about full maintenance leases. Oh boy. There's a, there's a wrapped up package for you, but, um, you know, it, it depends on the truck. Depends on how old it is. Depends on what kind of condition it is when you got it. You know, obviously a truck that's been in framed with a good in frame recently probably will have a less, you know, less than, than others. Um, but, uh, I, again, here's the thing about maintenance account. Here's the difference between warranty and maintenance account. Okay. You go buy a warranty when you buy a truck and it costs you, I don't know, seven, eight thousand dollars. Okay. That money spent, you can't ever get it back. You put money in the maintenance account and at the end of the year, you didn't spend it. Guess what? You've got a vacation in Hawaii now that you've already paid for because the money you designated for that, you didn't spend. Now, yeah. I'm not going to say dump it out and go do that, but you see my point. That money's still yours. It's still in your control. It's still your money. You designated it as maintenance, but it's not spent, you know, until you spend it. So I'd much rather have you put money in a maintenance account than buy a warranty or depend on a warranty. Well, That's and let, let, let's, let's address the biggest line of BS in this. Because they say the older trucks cost more in maintenance than their lease. Um, fact check false. You know, that, well, here's, yeah. the, here's the problem. Okay. Think about this. You have people, again, that don't know a hubcap from a radiator cap. Okay. And they drive it and drive it and drive it and drive it and drive it. And it breaks. Okay. Oh my gosh. I got to fix it. And then they drive it until it breaks and they fix it. And they drive it until it breaks and they fix it. Okay, uh, any tool could be a crescent wrench, could be a shovel, could be a cordless drill, could be a truck that gets used every day is going to have to have preventative maintenance done. Keyword, preventative. The preventative maintenance on an older truck is, I mean, what's that, uh, that pack car? We did a service, a service on that pack car. It was $1,000. And we bought the oil at a warehouse. At and a, I got a, the oil cheap at Napa with a discount. It was a thousand dollars for PM. I mean, what the hell? If you properly maintain an older truck um, and you get the preventative maintenance done, you don't have the these surprise breakdowns where it's it's major stuff. You you have, oh I've lost an alternator, a, a starter, or the radiator leaked, or you know, a, a fan clutch went bad or, or, or wore out the clutch or, you know, I need to put bushings there, whatever it is, they're, they're wear items. The problem is even within, even with the Landstar inspection, if land, if Carl does not do R120, my truck's not been inspected because I've had other people literally Landstar inspect it and leave and go down the road and go, well, how the hell did they pass that? Uh, 
the, the point of the 120 is to catch this stuff. Well, not if they're not looking, because I don't care. Um, somebody, so, so there's comments. Well, don't, don't, that. don't take this down yet because the, the, okay. there's a big point here that, that, you, that you need to understand the advantage that you have by buying an older truck and holding your cost down and doing is because that is, that is giving you money that you wouldn't have had otherwise. This is exactly opposite of this. You, you're given all the control. First of all, you never, you're renting a truck. Okay. And you're renting a truck with certain requirements that you have to, you know, they're going to charge you a, 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 a standard monthly or, or mileage charge for this lease. You've just given away all of your advantage. There is no, the, nobody wins here except them. Okay. This is the, this is the fleece purchase of all time here. Fleece purchase with a full maintenance package. Yep. They, they see sucker written right here for anybody that does that <laughs> because you can do better than that. First of all, you don't want to lease a truck to begin with. All right. Second of all, you want to be able to, to do, to choose your own maintenance. We listen, I had 1.85 million miles on a Mercedes Benz motor that had four oil changes. You think the fleece purchase people would let me do that? Mm -mm. I lost my, I lose my advantage when I do this, you know? It is a horrible idea. The only people win there are the people that are doing it. And by the way, don't watch YouTube, okay? Except us. The rest of them are just <laughs> bad information. Uh, so everybody, so uh, Carl is at the is now. At now that 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 requires a uh, you have to send money in to find that out, okay? We don't just give that away. <laughs> yeah. uh, Carl is at the TA in Hurricane, West Virginia, I sixty four exit thirty nine. Um, you know, you can call ahead and you can set up an ETA and, um, uh, he's know, there and, now he's there now, but he ain't going to be there long. Okay. And you're going to have to start calling me and him to find him in, in a short <laughs> yeah. order. Okay. Yeah. And oh, by um, the way, he ain't working for 85 bucks an hour either after that point sometimes. Yeah. But he, <clears> you know, he, he, um, um, he's just the best I've ever seen. You know, I, I've never seen, well, my, my dad knew a guy that worked with a guy at Columbia Gas years ago, and he was the shade tree guy, and I'd always go to him. And um, anytime me and my hillbilly buddies were running into some kind of problem and we couldn't fix it, well, let me call Gary, you know, and I'd call Gary and he'd scratch his forehead and spit in a spit tune and go, well, well, here's your problem, boys, you know, and, and would fix it. You know, Carl's just a younger version of that. Um. You know, but just go in there and tell him you want DOT, you know, he'll DOT it. And and when you when you get done, you'll have a list of things, you know, and. But it will I, be it would be stuff that's really I mean, he's not going to have you fix stuff that don't doesn't need to be fixed. Not right. that kind of thing. Well, he's he's going to tell you the things you don't realize. But if you don't fix them, you'll be fixed on the side of the road. You know? Yeah. So. Well, it's Steve Wheeler. I mean, how many how many miles can Steve Wheeler's truck have on it now? Six fifty thousand. Yes. Um, and he came through for, uh, I don't know, a, a chassis loop or something. And Carl found a, a DEF problem on a 2020. Brand new yeah. truck. He, he won the Landstar truck like, yeah. like last fall. Brand new truck. He brings it in there to get an oil change, and Carl finds a problem with the truck. Yeah, it was a clamp or something. you know. But Steve had noticed that his diff usage had gone up all of a sudden. And I was weird, you know, and Carl's under there. And of course, you, you know, the magic word, Hey, what you going to do about this? <laughs> you know? And, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say, I'm gonna make that my ringtone. Yeah, well, make it a T-shirt. When we start selling merch, hey, what you gonna do about that? Um, it's I used to run from Carl when I owned a truck, (laughs) because I knew he was gonna find stuff wrong that I didn't have the money to fix. You know, that's that's the sad part. But uh, we have just had so many experiences where. Um, nobody can fix it. Oh, that reminds me. So when we were talking about Terrell and that Max Force, I don't know, about a year ago, uh, a guy came in there, had a problem with the Max Force. Something had to do with the fuel system. It was a really, really, really big job. Like the book called for 18 hours labor on this deal. And nobody would touch it. The international dealer wouldn't touch it. Nobody would have anything to do with it. And they brought it to TA. Carl got special permission from management. And he he managed to knock it out in 14 hours. He was there to like three or four o'clock in the morning. But he was the guy that was able to do this impossible job that not even the dealership would do. Okay. Go back to your warranty thing. You know, why we think these warranties are so magic. How does that give you any indication that they're actually going to fix it? You know, they're going to do the absolute bare minimum to get it to roll out the door so they can go fight with the warranty company to see if maybe they're going to get paid for the work that they did. It's just not worth it. It's, you know. There's still guys that come in there not knowing Carl. Well, no, they know Carl. They'll come in there because they got to get their 120 done, and this is the closest shop. And they'll walk in and go, is Carl working? And they say, yeah, they just <laughs> turn around and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let him inspect my truck. Hell, I don't want to have to fix what he wants, to, what he'll fail it for, you know. Yeah. But that's, and, that's, that's backwards, too. I mean, we go there because we want to know. I want to know now. I want you to fix it while it's in your shop. I don't want to have to pay to tow it down here from somewhere else, you know, or, or pay to fix it on the side of the road. And, oh, by the way, now I've got a load that I can't deliver, you know. It, it's, it just, it's just backwards thinking, you know. Our, our, our catchword at our last live event was reset your mindset, you know, and that's all this is, just change the way you think. All right. Yeah. Well, we've gone an hour and 45, I think. Is that our I limit? Think we covered it all. Um, let, me pop a- these, let me pop these banners back up here. So if you're interested in the mentoring, program you can go to the website blueribbonlogistics.com slash bco mentoring and you can roll through there and learn about it and at the end uh you can go to uh the website slash opportunity and you can fill out a form and we'll get in contact with you um uh, and we have these events we're probably looking at doing them about once a month uh next one's going to be late may early june you might have to get another partner if we're going to have once a month. I'm thinking every two or three months because okay. I'm just I'm still not caught up from last week. Okay, okay. so I, I'm I'm going to step in and do an executive order and say no, we're not doing once a month. Okay, okay. we'll just have to do them bigger. You know, we'll, we, if we we'll do them, do that, and yeah, we can do that. But uh, I think two months, three months is more practical. You know, so. Look, I'm 67. You don't want to beat this dead horse to death yet, do you? You well, want to hang on for a while, right? Listen, it's in my contract. You got to live to be 90. 
Yeah, well, so, then don't have these once a month, okay? Okay. So uh, let's see. We got Rocky checking in. Can Carl be a little nicer to my truck? Well, Carl, <laughs> is, Carl is pretty nice to your truck. Uh, <laughs> right. You know. So, hey, by the way, shameless commercial here. Oh yeah, Rocky is an MD alignment guy, and if you don't know what that means, look it up. But listen, if you want your truck aligned properly and 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 repaired so it can be aligned. I'm telling you right now, you know, he is the man, you know, I, but before I met Rocky, I always sent everybody to Shad Hone in Kansas city. And that's no one touched my trucks except Chad until we met Rocky. And now we're sending, cause Rocky's in North Florida. It's a lot closer, but, uh, he is, uh, he's an excellent, excellent alignment suspension, you know, um, and, and, you know, he, when your truck leaves, it will drive straight. Okay. It won't be one of these deals where, well, it's set to specs, you know, and you're still wearing tires out. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's a BCO, by the way, fully qualified BCO. He's so busy dry, uh, doing this alignment thing that he can't drive his truck. So we've got his truck and, uh, we're managing the truck for him. Actually, Chris is driving it. So, yeah. um, uh, and that <laughs> reminds me, cause I saw this comment earlier, Mason had asked, and I thought about Rocky. How do you think I should go about starting a car hauling trucking company? Where should I look? Well, go on down to North Florida uh, alignment and talk to Rocky because he's the car. He did car haulers for for years. It, it's a it's it's become a kind of a cutthroat, uh, from what I've heard. Um, uh, you know, because you got all these hot shotters and wedge trailers and people hauling cars with pickup trucks now, and it's kind of changed the model. Um, but Rocky would be your, your authority on car hauling. Cause he, he did that for uh, a lot of years. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah. He has been good. The truck. We've been trying to, yeah. 24 years. Rocky did. Um, did car car hauling. Well, I think we've done all the damage we can do for now. Uh, Y'all can get in touch with us. Chris at BlueRibbonLogistics.com. Larry at BlueRibbonLogistics.com. And um, if you're interested in attending one of these events down the road, kind of let us know that because we'll we'll kind of put them together now that we're not doing them with orientations when we have enough people to make it worthwhile to do. So give us your intentions, you know, and and. And then we'll we'll see how many we have and what would be a best date for everybody involved, and uh, and we'll do them. I mean, we'll do them. It's just I'm not going to do one a month. That's just not. I'm, I can't live through that. Okay, I'm going to have to hire somebody to do all my work if I do that because it's a full time job to put that on. You know? Oh, here we go. Here's your plug. There's the phone. There number. it is. There it is. Hey, North hey, Florida MD Alignment nine zero four four nine five five seven five six. Check him out on Facebook too. Now tell him we sent you and tell him we you need to send us a check, all right? So Oh yeah. We get at least twenty. We get a referral right? fee on that, okay? I want at least maybe, I don't know, four or five hundred dollars, okay? So just messing with you, Rocky. Good <laughs> guy. Great guy. So Yeah, he's getting ready to see two or three more of our trucks. So Yeah. Yeah. Well actually right, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pay him to come up to West Virginia when we've got all of them sitting there and just fix them all at the same time. So we're gonna yeah. hire him for a weekend, have him come up and Spend a weekend with us. Hey, maybe we'll get him on one of those events. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That'd be what we need to do. Have him there. And he can fix all your all's trucks that don't drive straight. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. All right, see you all next okay. time. All right.